We're going to go over the points bekitzer of the Sikha in Chelik Yeral of Parshas Tetzaveh, the second Sikha. The Sikha here deals with the Urim V'tumim that's placed inside the Cheshen. As Rashi explains that it's a Ksav of a Shema Mephoidish that was placed inside the folds of the Cheshen. And the Sikha also deals with the fact that the Cheshen is called Cheshem Mishpat. What's the meaning of the word Mishpat? And what's the relation of that word Mishpat to the Urim V'tumim? So the Rebbe begins with a Rashi regarding Urim V'tumim, where Rashi says three points. The first part Rashi explains what is the Urim V'tumim, that it's the Ksav of the Shema Mephoidish that's placed inside the folds of the Chayshan. Then Rashi says a second point, that in the second Besam Mikdosh, they didn't have the Urim V'tumim, but yet it was, doesn't mean that they were, the Kayin was lacking in the Beged of the Chayshan. He wore the Chayshan without the Urim V'tumim, and therefore he had all the begotten necessary. The third point Rashi says that when it says later in Parshas Pinchas, Urim, the reason why it's called Mishpat Urim is because through the Urim V'tumim, the Chayshan was able to give a message, it illuminated its words, and it gave a perfect clear message when you asked a question to the Chayshan. So the Rebbe here wants to understand why does Rashi get into all of this? It's not common for Rashi to discuss something that happened in history in the second base of Mikdosh. Rashi discusses Pshat, Pshutosh Mikra. Why is Rashi doing this? Why is Rashi bringing up also a Pshat in a Pasuk later in Parshas Pinchas? What relevance does it have to the Pshat that Rashi says here? Then the Rebbe says, let's take a look at how Rashi touches Chayshem Mishpat. And here you see a very interesting thing. Rashi explains the word Mishpat regarding the Chayshem twice. When it comes up the very first time when the Torah describes the Chayshin as Mishpat, there Rashi says the first and main shot is that the word Mishpat means that it's coming to atone for judgment that was not done justly. And the second shot Rashi says that the word Mishpat means that it can give a clear message when you ask a question of it and it gives a clear message and a clear conclusion. When it comes the second time around, Rashi explains again, Mishpat B'nai Yisrael, that, it's, that Rashi comes to explain here after the Torah talks about the Urim V'tumim, here Rashi switches the order. First Rashi says that the Pshat of Mishpat is that you ask a question to the Chayshin and it gives a clear response. Then Rashi says there's a Medrash HaGadah that says that Mishpat is coming to atone for an unjust judgment. So what happened over here? Why does Rashi have to repeat it again? Why does Rashi change the order? Something is very strange over here. So the point that Rebbe says is that if you look into the Pasha, the real question that's bothering Rashi over here is, is something very interesting how the Torah says the, the, the detail of the Urim V'tumim. The Torah says all the details of how to make the Chayshin, the size, the materials, the stones, all the details about the Chayshin. It finishes the parsha and it says, and the Kayin wears this Venasa Aaron Bechayshin Mishpat Aliboy. That Aaron Kayin wears this Chayshin. Then the Torah comes back and it says that inside the folds of the Chayshin, you have to place the Urim V'tumim and Venasa Aaron is Mishpat Bnei Yisrael. The Torah separates the detail of the Urim V'tumim from all of the other details that the Torah says about the Chayshin and concludes with the fact that he wears the Chayshin and then it adds the Urim V'tumim as a separate thing. Why is it added as a separate thing? So therefore the Rebbe says it's pretty clear from the Seder of the Psukim that the Urim V'tumim is not an integral part of the Beged of the Cheshen itself. So therefore the first thing Rashi explains what is an Urim V'tumim. The Urim V'tumim is the Ksav of the Shema Mephoidish. And then Rashi has to come to clarify 
what that function of the Urim V'tumim is in relation to the Cheshim. Because once Rashi says that the point, point of the Urim V'tumim is that through the Urim V'tumim, the Cheshim is able to function, the Cheshim is able to give this message and illuminate its words to provide direction, so then the question becomes, so isn't the Urim V'tumim an integral part of the Cheshim? So why is it brought in the Parsha separate from all the other details of the Cheshim itself? So therefore, Rashi clarifies that, that no, the Urim V'tumim is not part of the essence of the Cheshim itself. And Rashi brings from what happened in the second base of Mikdash that the Kayin wore the Cheshim without Urim V'tumim. Rashi is not telling you history. Rashi is coming to show you the point that the Urim V'tumim remains just one feature that's inside the Cheshim. But it's not the actual Begad of the Cheshim itself. So the way Rashi explains this is, so therefore Rashi continues in a third point and says, that the Cheshen could be divided into two. There's the Cheshen as a Beged, the garment, it has the details that make up the garment, the materials, the precious stones, the gems. Then there's the Urim V'tumim. The Urim V'tumim is related to the Mishpat aspect of the Cheshen, that it gives the message, that it's able to give a clear message. That's a, not, that's a certain feature of the Cheshen, but it's not the Beged of the Cheshen itself. And therefore, the fact that it's missing in the second base of Mikdash does not mean that the Beged was lacking. And therefore the Pasha talks about the Chayshem, the Chayshem Mishpat, and the details of the Beged itself. And then later, as a separate thing, it talks about the additional feature the Chayshem has by placing the Urim V'tumim inside. So this, the Rebbe says, explains why when it comes to the interpretation of the word Mishpat, Rashi changes from the way he explains it the first time around. In the beginning, when the Torah says Chayshem Mishpat, so Rashi explains the, the, the Taich, the translation of the word Mishpat. What's the Taich of the word? The simplest pshat of the word Mishpat is judgment. And therefore, over there, Rashi brings as the first and simple pshat that the word Mishpat refers to the atonement of an unjust judgment. Referring to judgment in a simple sense. But then, when it comes to the second time around, where Rashi is coming to explain the idea of Mishpat, in relation to the Urim V'tumim and in the context of the Psukim here, that we see that the Urim V'tumim is specifically related to the Mishpat aspect of the Chayshin, and not to the Chayshin itself as a Beged. So over here, the only way that works is if you say that the Mishpat is not judgment, it's not just the fact that the Chayshin was an atonement for judgment, but that the Mishpat is a separate feature, a separate aspect, or an additional aspect that is, to the Cheshen itself, the fact that the Cheshen was able to give over, over a message. So over here in the context of the Psukim, where Rashi is trying to explain why the Urim V'tumim is an additional feature, Rashi chooses to bring the first shot, the fact that the word Mishpat means that this is something that gives an additional feature of the Cheshen, that it gives a, a clarity in a question that's asked of it. That's why Rashi brings that here first. So Rashi changes the order over here, based on the context of the parsha, But earlier on, Rashi was just bringing you the more literal translation first of the word Mishpat. And the Rebbe says that from all of this we see that Rashi has his opinion regarding what the Urim V'tumim is, that it's that shame of the Ksavim of and it's only part of the additional feature of the Chayshan, and therefore Rashi does not have the question how the Kayin was able to have his Begodim missing the Urim V'tumim in the second base of Mikdash. According to Rashi, that's an additional feature. Other Rishayinim, the Rebbe points out here in the Ha'aris Ba'arichis, other Rishayinim have different approaches to this. 
Other Rishayinim say that the Urim V'tumim was there, actually, in the second base of Mikdash. It just didn't work, but there was that Ksav Shem and Mephayrish inside. Otherwise, it would be lacking. They hold that it is an integral feature of the Cheshen itself. The Rambam says that the Urim V'tumim actually refers to the stones of the Cheshen itself. But Rashi has a clear opinion over here how to approach this, that there's the Cheshen as a Beged, that's the, the, the essence of the Cheshen itself. And then there's the additional feature of it, which is the Mishpat of the Cheshen, which is accomplished through the Urim V'tumim. Then the Rebbe says, Al-Pichsidis, that we also see this concept of the Choshen in relation to what the Beis HaMikdash was in general and what it explained in Chesidis, the difference between the first Beis HaMikdash and the second Beis HaMikdash. Because the Rebbe brings from the Maimonim that it says that really, as far as the Beis HaMikdash itself is concerned, the revelation of godliness in the first and second Beis HaMikdash were similar, were the same. The only difference basically was as far as the influence of the uh, holiness of the Beis HaMikdash, how it was extended outside of the Beis HaMikdash. The influence on the rest of the world. That's where the main difference between the first and second Beis HaMikdash was. So the Rebbe says, according to Rashi, we could see that reflected in the Choshen itself. As far as the Choshen itself is concerned, as one of the holy garments that the Kayin wore, he had that Choshen in the first Beis HaMikdash and the second Beis HaMikdash. The main distinction over here, as far as the Choshen is concerned, is as far as the message that the Choshen was able to give to people, to be able to know how to behave and direction. That's where the difference between the Choshen and the first and the second Beis HaMikdash was. The influence on the Choshen in the world to direct people. But as far as the Choshen itself was concerned, it was the same in the first and second Beis HaMikdash. Then the Rebbe explains, similarly we can say regarding the Choshen, the existence of the influence of the Choshen in the time of Golos. The Rebbe brings from Kisvi Arizal that the Choshen has the same letters as Nochosh, which of course is a source of a great concealment of godliness, the Nochosh Akadmoini, which was the source of Chet Eitz and that's related to the Choshen, which is Choshen Mishpat, judgment, which could also be harsh. That's one thing that it says about the Choshen. Another thing it says about the Choshen is that the word Choshen is Gematria Mashiach. So the Rebbe says in the time of Golos, the Choshen is here. The influence of the Choshen, which in, a, which in its essence is a very deep and holy and high great thing, it's Gematria Mashiach, but in the time of Golos it's all concealed by by the Nachash that covers over the Nefesh kiss. And our Avaida here in the time of Golos is to reveal that power and energy of the Choshen, which is Gematria Mashiach, to bring that Koyach of Mashiach that will influence the entire world like the Choshen that gives a message and direction to people that ask of it, so too Mashiach will come and influence and bring the whole world to its perfection. So through this kind of Aveda, of working on revealing the Chayshen, the Chayshen Mishpat, the influence that it has, and the begin of Mashiach, we will be zeichah b'kar of mamish to the revelation of the Kayach of the Chayshen, which is Gematria Mashiach, may it be speedily in our times.